surrender all. Have a great service. We love you. One day you'll be old and you can stay in here. do want to wish a very happy birthday to Brother David Swalls today. Love them birthdays better than the alternative, isn't it? Praise God. God's good. Love the Lord tonight. Love the Lord. Wonderful uh, weekend. Great service on Sunday. thought Brother Terry did such a great job. And, uh, I don't know how many of y'all from here was here on Monday night, but Monday night was a really great prayer meeting. Had a good crowd, and just a great spirit was in here on Monday night, and man, God really moved. I encourage you to make it to Monday night prayer if you can. You really need to make that effort. And if you can't make it every Monday, make it every Monday you can. You'll be glad you did. It's a great service, so thankful for that tonight. Tonight... I'm going to teach a little bit, and as we're going along with our theme for this year of Manifest, uh, I want to remind us what uh, the Scripture said in 2 Corinthians 4, 10, and 11. It told us that we should manifest the life of Jesus in our body. You remember that? And we do that because 1 Timothy 3, 16 said, For God was manifest in the flesh. And what a change in this world was made when he came and walked on this earth. And the same kind of changes can be happening today if we will simply do as God did and manifest to the people, manifest to this world. You know, he came into his own and said they received him not, didn't know him, didn't realize who he was. And, but there were people that recognized him. So sometimes it may not always be the people you think are going to hear you or accept what you're doing. Sometimes it'll be the very people you never thought you'd reach that you'll actually be able to influence. It works like that sometimes. Uh, So we want to make sure that we are manifesting the life of the Lord. And I read today in our in our Bible reading today, um, if you're if you're doing the bread program, which I hope you are. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said something that I thought was uh, goes along with this uh, manifest theme and manifest in his life because we're shining the light of him. We're reflecting him. We're making him obvious to the world. In Matthew 10 and 24, it says that the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. In other words, the disciple is uh, not better than the master. He's, uh, he's not over him. He's not his ruler. So we don't get to tell our master what to do. Nor as a servant are we ab- above our Lord. And then he said, it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master. It'll always be enough if you'll just be like Jesus. And I read that today and I was like, pow. It is enough. Sometimes we think, am I doing enough? Be like him, it'll be enough. 
Am I making a difference? Is, is, is what I'm doing, is it ever going to be enough? If you will be like your master and be like your Lord, it will be enough. When people start getting dissatisfied with their walk, with their life, usually they've stopped being like Jesus. Because it'll always be enough. What you have will be enough. Because you're kingdom-minded and you're not worldly-minded. People that are always trying to make a... You know, it ain't nothing wrong with, with making money now. Don't get me wrong. We have to have money to live, I understand. But when all you can think about is how am I going to get another dollar in the bank? How am I going to get the bigger house? How am I going to get a, another car? How am I going to get this and get that? And, get, and it's get, 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 get. You're never satisfied with what you got. It's never enough. I always got to have something else. That's not the way Jesus was. And if you'll just be like your master... It'll be enough, the scripture said, to be content with such things as you have because he said, I'll never leave or forsake you. When you have that connection with him, you'll be like him and being like him will be enough. You'll be able, people want things to happen in their life, that's great. You should have plans, you should have a vision for your life, you should have a prayer life and be praying for needs and praying for things, but you'll be able to wait. People say, how can I be patient? You can always be patient when you realize what you have right now is enough. And so when you're praying for that special someone, well, most everybody in here is old enough now. We ain't worried about special someones. We got them. But if the young people is here, or if you fall in that category, um, oh, we got some down here. Yeah, we got some single <laughs> folks down here. Uh, but in what I see is people find it so hard to wait and they jump the gun and they make a terrible decision because it wasn't enough for them to be alone but when you're being like Jesus it'll be enough and you'll be able to be patient and you'll be satisfied with what you have and then when that other thing comes along you'll have it and you know what that'll help you stay with the one you love because you'll realize I'm going to be like Jesus and my marriage is enough. I don't need nothing else. I don't need nobody else. That'll keep you looking in the right direction. That'll keep your eyes at home. That'll keep your feet at home. That'll make you... I can just, I can just preach on this. This ain't even my message. I can just stay on this scripture all night, can't I? It'll be enough. Well, so, when we... I'll marry you all over again. When... uh when we are like Jesus, when we are manifesting his life, we are being like him. That's how we make him obvious to the world. It will be enough. It will be enough to reach people. It will be enough to change lives. And so being like him and shining the qualities that he did as he walked this earth will always be enough. Jesus never lacked he never got into a situation he couldn't handle. He always had enough to handle whatever was coming his way. We will always have enough if we'll be like him. So uh, let me read tonight Matthew chapter 18. And uh, verse 1 through 4 tonight, if you've got your Bibles and want to follow along. And, and that's something I'd like to, and maybe you all have your Bibles, but I would love to see people get back in the habit of bringing their Bible. Now, I know some people have done got used to having it on their phone or iPad, but you know what? 
I just still, I would love to see people get back into the habit of bringing their Bible. Because what if the screens go out and you don't have your Bible? You just have to take my word. I'm telling you the right thing. You need to be able to read it yourself and follow along. Uh, that's a good habit to have. Carry your Bibles to church. You don't see many people toting a Bible to church anymore. Unless it's on, like, say, on this, which is fine. If you got it on that, that's fine. Uh, but somehow, some way, look it up yourself. You know, be good. So Matthew 18, 1 through 4. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Tonight we're going to talk on this as we manifest, we're going to manifest humility. Manifest humility. If you're going to uh, be like the Lord and you're going to make his life obvious and, 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 and help, that's one of the qualities that you will display in this world. It is humility. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence that we have felt tonight. Pray that you will just open our hearts to receive this. Change us. Touch our lives. Make us better so we can be more like you and manifest your life to this world. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. And I wish you'd give the Lord another hand clap of praise tonight and thank him for his word. Let me say this tonight, that humility and being humble is uh, not something that people automatically get when they are born again. And if you had it when you were born again, you can't lose it. Humility is something that you must display in your walk with God. God does it. Now, God can humble you and do things to humble you. But uh, you either choose to resist or you choose to humble yourself. And see, Jesus said right here that uh, except you be converted, becomes little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. That sounds very familiar language to me. It almost sounds uh, exactly like John chapter 3 where he's saying, except a man be born of water, born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So humility uh, plays a little role in your salvation because unless you humble yourself to accept the gospel message, you'll never repent. A humble person will repent, but a, a person that's full of pride and arrogance, they'll never repent. So humility actually falls into repentance and uh, to accept the, the salvation to accept that someone would die for you, that's very humbling. You have to humble yourself in that born-again uh, process. But then he, he says, whosoever therefore shall humble himself. He never said, whosoever God will humble as a little child. He said, 
people will have to learn to humble themselves if they're going to be anything for the kingdom or in the kingdom. And he said, the greatest in the kingdom is that person who has humbled himself. That's who's the greatest. So uh, people that are in the kingdom of heaven have been born again, born of water and born of the spirit because you can't see it or enter into it without that new birth. So I would say that we are all great once we get there because we've all had to humble ourselves to get there. And so uh, tonight uh, I want us to think about humility and being humble and look at what the disciples were asking at the beginning. Who is the greatest? Why is it that we are always so concerned with who's the greatest? Who's the best? You know, uh, is it the oldest, the tallest, the strongest, the fastest, the smartest, the richest, the best looking? It's always, you know, we, we're always saying, you know, who's the greatest in their field? And, and, and who's the greatest uh, football quarterback? Who's the greatest tennis player, the greatest golfer, race car driver? You know, um, who's the greatest in their field of science? Or we're, we're always looking, who's the greatest? Who's number one? Like we've got that big foam finger. Who's number one? And if we're not careful, that kind of uh, thought process will creep into the church. It should never be there. Because when we start saying who's the greatest, we're comparing. And we're not supposed to compare ourselves to one another. But if we're not careful, we'll be like, who's got the greatest church? Now, I understand the same way. So I, got to, I go to the greatest church ever. You should love your church. But you should understand that every church out there that's preaching the truth and the gospel is a great church. It is great. And one is not greater than the other. Who, oh, who's the greatest preacher in Pentecost? Who's the greatest preacher at the conference? And, you know, and, uh, you know if you're not careful, you'll compare them because uh, we like certain styles. We like certain actions of people. We like Some people like preachers that stay right behind the pulpit. Some like the ones that do uh, run laps across the church. Some of them like them soft. Some like them loud. And so you, you'll say, well, I like that better. Than, you know. But anybody preaching the truth and preaching the gospel is great. If they're fumbling over their words, but they're still preaching, they're still preaching the word. Yes. And, and, and you want to not compare them yes. and not try to say, because what happens is when we start comparing people, uh, we start uh, uh, basing these things on, on what we think they can do and, and how much better they are than somebody else. And, and then we start letting pride yes. slip into this. Because, see, they, they want to know who's the greatest in the kingdom. Maybe they felt like because they're following Jesus now, Surely we're the greatest walk, you know, because we're hand put the hand picked twelve, and we're walking with you, and we're you know we're we're greater than anybody around here, you know. And he didn't look at either one of them and say anything about any of them. He took a little child and, and brought him away. Pride is destructive. Now I understand having pride in your work. There is a word of pride that it's not meaning that I think I'm better. It's just meaning I'm going to do my best at something and I have, I, I, oh, look how good you wash a car. Yes, because I take pride in, 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 in cleaning it right or, or somebody, a carpenter that will build something that's in his very, he takes pride in the work. It doesn't mean, well, it's, yes, yeah, it's good because I'm the best carpenter in the world. Now it's pride 
has got bad. But, but usually someone who's really good like that will say, oh, well, thank you. That's humility. And so, uh, but pride, that wrong kind of pride is destructive. The pride that Proverbs 6 and 17 talks about where it says that it's one of the six things that the Lord hates is a proud look. And that word proud there means to exalt yourself or to raise yourself up. So when you start uh, lifting yourself up and raising yourself up and looking down on others, pride is getting in the way. And you will not manifest the Lord very clearly in this life if you are manifesting that kind of pride because that is the kind of pride that God hates. The kind of pride that will stop you from listening to God. Because when you get so proud like that, you think you can do it all by yourself. It will stop you from acknowledging God. Because who needs God? I can do it all. Pharaoh had that kind of problem. He was proud. He, uh, he had pride in who he was. He was the king of Egypt. He was Pharaoh. He, was, you know, he thought himself a god. And in Exodus 5 and 2, when Moses came and told him what God said for him to do, Pharaoh says, Who is the Lord that I shall obey his voice and let Israel go? And I know not the Lord, and neither will I let Israel go. Poor old Pharaoh. If he had known uh, this principle that was written in Proverbs 16 and 18, it says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get like Pharaoh and we can't hear God talking to us, telling us what we need to do, giving us instruction, telling us things that are for our betterment because we think we know better. But there's a way that seemeth right to a man and that's a proud way. But the end of that way is death, the scripture says. So pride like that will always have destruction, pride will go before it, and a haughty spirit before a fall. If Pharaoh had known this, if he had just understood this principle, he could have spared himself, his land, his country, his people, a lot of grief, a lot of torment, and he could have saved a lot of lives. But pride goeth before destruction. Uh, the scripture tells us in one place that if we think ourselves to be something when we are nothing, then we deceive ourselves. There's already plenty of enemies out there trying to deceive us. Why add one more to the list? Yes. Because I'm going to tell you something. There ain't nobody that can deceive you like you can deceive yourself. And when you start thinking, oh, I'm all this. How's it that you say I'm all that in a bag of chips or whatever it was? When you start thinking I'm everything, I'm, I'm all this, nobody likes that kind of person. Oh, they might be friendly to you and stuff like that. They walk away going, oh, oh. So you know, they're just full of themselves. That's what they are. They're full of themselves. Pride uh, makes them think they're a lot better than they actually are. They deceive themselves. And, and so uh, pride will cause you to be like that, and you don't even realize it because you've deceived yourself. You can't understand why nobody likes you. Oh, I'm not like that. Yes, you are. You've deceived yourself into thinking that you're not. And when you know what the bad thing about being deceived is you don't realize it, usually until you fall flat on your face before that destruction comes. 
Pride will cause that. It will make us compare ourselves to others, magnify magnify our achievements and our successes to the point where we feel that we did all this and God had no hand in it. We did it. Look at the church I built. Look at the message I preached. Look at the, the souls I've saved. Be careful. Because it's easy, uh, you know. You, you people start. You know, with, if you baptize a thousand people, praise God. But you better be giving God the glory. Because right. yes. it's not you that's saving them, but it's God uh, has wor- working through you. We've got to be careful about that pride. In Psalm seventy-three and six, the psalmist said that pride would become like a chain around people that didn't acknowledge God. And then he said, with those chains would come desolation in a moment. I don't want no chains on me. Chains be broke. Break every chain. Break the chain of pride. Because we're not going to shine a very good light about the Lord with that kind of pride in our life. Pride will stop our ears from hearing the instruction of God. How many people know that God is always trying to get bad stuff out of our life? Either through Him speaking to you audibly in a dream, in a vision, through a preacher, through prayer, through fast. Somehow God's always trying to get things. He wants that stuff out of your life. Yes. And so he lets you know you've got to get this stuff out of your life. You know, you, so we, we want to listen because, oh, you know, I'm, anytime I go to a service where I know somebody's uh, used in that gift, I'm like, Lord, if there's something in me, I said, show me. Yes. I said, so I can get it out because I've got to be saved. Uh, and if, I don't care what it is, I will humble myself and pray and say take this away from me I I want it out of of me I want it gone well couldn't we say the same thing about Pharaoh God was actually trying to get something out of Pharaoh's life but he wouldn't listen and he wouldn't let it go and because he wouldn't let it go it cost him his kingdom cost him his life cost him his army his life cost him his firstborn child because he just wouldn't let it go. I just thought that was interesting how that God was trying to get something out of Pharaoh's life. If he'd let Israel go, he still he could have stayed in, in Egypt ruling, doing what he wanted to do. They could have just went on the way, but he would not let it go because his pride would not let him acknowledge that there was a God above him. He wouldn't hear it. Many times pride has stopped us from letting go of things. That would lead to our destruction. I've seen it happen over and over again. Proverbs 11 and 2 says that when pride comes, then comes shame. Pride will never cause you to act in an honorable way. And that always makes us ashamed. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. Pride never causes us to act in an honorable way. It is selfish, it's hateful, and sometimes it even turns violent. The scripture says that our enemy is as a roaring lion. This is just a little play on words. You've heard me say this before. Uh, As an enemy, uh, he's a roaring lion. A group of lions is a pride. Be careful not to be devoured by your pride. 1 John 2 and 16, John wrote this, that the pride of life is not of the Father. You cannot glorify God, be like God, manifest God, when pride rules your life. The pride of life is not of the Father. And so we see uh, 
understand the dangers of pride, but now let's look at the benefits of humility. Because Jesus, uh, when they ask him the question, he doesn't immediately answer. He says, let's give a demonstration here. And he, he calls a little child, and then he sets him in the midst of them. He takes the smallest, weakest, the most trusting and obedient of all the people that was there. He calls the little child. The child comes, and then he is set in the midst of them. And according to what Jesus says, this child is humble. He is obedient. And look, he sets Jesus, in the, or he sets the child in the midst. He lets Jesus put him where he wants to put him. He lets Jesus use him as an example. He lets Jesus uh, take his life and make it an example to people that are older. Hard sometimes for older, more experienced church people to hear what a younger person is saying. Oh, I've been serving God 50 years. You can't tell me anything. That's right, can't, because you've stopped your ears up. I don't care if I've been serving God 70 years. If you can tell me something new, tell me. If you can open my eyes to something, open my eyes to something. I don't want to ever quit learning about God. Right. And so he, he's got all these men that have been walking with him, doing miracles. You know, everybody's talking. Look, that goes all over. Everybody knew their name. They're walking with Jesus. He took a child and said, every one of y'all need to be like him. Yeah, even the man he was going to talk to about the keys and all these things. Be humble like a child. Be willing. When you're humble like a child, God can use you. He can set you in places where people can see your life and understand uh, how to be like him. And so he said, you got to be like this child. I'm giving you a, a visual, an example. He's my prop today, this little child. Maybe he was just a little skinny, freckled face, buck tooth, just ugly little old boy. didn't matter. You know, just cross-eyed and pimples and everything. Just <laughs> boom, right here. Except you can be like this little child. Oh, I can't even look at him. You know, except you can be like him. Couldn't you got a better looking? Except you be, I, this is who I chose. He chose one, called a child. He didn't say, hey, give me five, six. Called one, hey, you, I want you. He's always specific about what he does. He called a child and said, right here. And that child was able to be used, able to be an example, able to be a demonstration of what Jesus wanted. And when you will be humble and obedient, you'll be able to be used as a demonstration of what Jesus wants for people to enter into the kingdom of God. You can't win people into the kingdom if you're not going to be like the kingdom. Yeah, we, we People that talk about want, uh, don't understand. I don't know why I can't ever get nobody to do a Bible study. I don't know why I can't ever get nobody to, to baptize and, 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 and get them prayed through and things like that. It's because you're not being like the kingdom. And being humble is part of being like the kingdom of God. Yes. Manifesting that humility. So uh, in Proverbs, or let me just, in, in, humility will take us to greater places that kid was probably, you know, maybe he was shooting marbles or doing something. I don't know what they did, played back then. But he, he stopped all that to come be an example for God. God put him in a great place. Uh, I don't know who that kid was. Maybe he's in heaven. Maybe we'll see him one day. And he said, yeah, I was the kid in Matthew that, that stood in the middle of all them disciples. Might still be buck I don't know. But we'll see. Proverbs 15, 
33 and 18 and 12, uh, it says, Before honor is humility. People always want somebody to give them some honor in this life, and we ought to give honor where it's due. But he said, Before honor will come your way, you're going to have to be humble. You're going to have to have some humility in your life. He went a little farther in Proverbs 22 and 4 and added this, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. How do we get riches, honor, and life? Living for God by humility and the fear of the Lord. And let me tell you, it can't be either or. It's going to be both. Number one, if you are humble, you're not going to fear God. You're not going to reverence God. You're not going to listen to what he's got to say. You're not going to uh, acknowledge his sacrifice and thing he's done. But through humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. In Luke chapter 14, there's a, the Lord spoke a parable about humility. Luke 14 and uh, verse 7 says, He put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame. Remember what he said? When pride comes, shame comes with it. So he walked in, and he thought himself to be more than he was. He done deceived himself, sat in the wrong seat, and now pride has caused him to be ashamed as he has to go walking down to another room. He can't stay in there anymore because he's now, oh, hey, where you, hey, I thought you were somebody. Where are you going? He says, but when you're bidden, go and sit in the lowest room that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, friend, go up higher. See, you're going places when you're humble. Yes. You're going to always move up the ladder, always move up higher. You, the, the one who bids you, who calls you friend. Jesus said, you are my friends, my disciples, you are my friends. He said, you're going to always be going up higher. Jesus is going to always be lifting you up when you just come in humble. He said, then shalt thou have worship or honor. What do you say about getting honor? Got to have humility. Honor in the presence of them that sit at meet with thee. And then he makes it plain. For whosoever exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be Exalted. There is power in humility. It's strange for us. We want the best. We want to think we're the best. But we need to be humble. There was an old song said, uh, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. <laughs> Look at everybody laughing. They remember, people remember that song. And so, um, and that's right. It, it, it is hard to be humble if you think like that. I'm perfect in every way. You know, uh, you know, no, you're not. But the, the song was true, and he said, "Whoever exalts himself like that is going to get humbled. He's going to get brought down real quick." Uh, I remember one time. This is for even before my church days. We had a, a played. You've heard me tell you I played a lot of softball. Played seven days a week. Played on traveling teams. All kind of things. We had all the nice uniforms, the bags, the satin jackets with our team name on the back of them, and. And we got out on the field one night to play this little team, little pickup team from this company down there in Covington, Georgia. And, and they had on blue jeans and they was playing in tennis shoes. And, you know, we was laughing when we 
got out there, man, because we thought, oh, boy. I'm going to tell you something. We couldn't have hit a beach ball with a tennis racket that night. And we lost that game to a bunch of Portadale rats. We got beat and won off that field ashamed because we, you know, they was hitting the ball, catching the ball. We was striking out and popping up and doing everything else. Exalt yourself, you'll get humbled. And so you just need to be who you are. You'll always be better for it. Be humble. So then uh, in verse 3 of, of our text, I, the Lord said, except you become be converted. You have to be converted. There's got to be a change. In other words, it just, don't just have broken. You can put that up, Matthew, uh, from there, the 18 and I think it's 18 and 3 whatever that first scripture was, he said there's got to be a conversion. He said you'd be converted to become as a little child. Well, there it is as that conversion again. And he's talking about the kingdom. You can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. What happens when we're born again? We become babes in Christ. You don't get born again and think you know it all. You don't get born again and go right to the pulpit. Don't get born again and go right to to do. You've got to learn. You've got to be under subjection to to authority. You've got to learn how to to grow. And so he said, but except you be converted and become as a little child. In other words, you're not like that before that uh, before you decide I'm going to give my life to God. You're not born automatically humble. And uh, you can lose your humility. We convert to humility, to humbleness. We have to learn how to be humble sometimes. Because a lot of times, a lot of us before we were, I can tell you, before I came to the Lord, I wasn't humble. I, was, I told people, I said, I'm a bad man. <laughs> I, I, was, I can do anything. I, I, you know, I just I felt like I, wasn't nobody could whoop me, wasn't nobody could beat me at what I was doing. I just That's just the way I was. That's you know, people say, well, well you, you wasn't prideful. You just confident. No, I was prideful. I knew I was. And so our humanity, our pride, it works against us trying to be like Jesus. We've got to be. He said, What's, what is flesh is flesh. The flesh loves pride. He said, whatever spirit is spirit, the spirit will, will be humble. When we walk in the spirit, we'll be humble. Our humanity, though, works against us, and we must turn around from pride Reverse our actions, start living the way God wants to live, and follow him in humility. Michael 6 and 8 says this, He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. That's a requirement. It's not an option. Uh, You can't just, you can't... Do justly and say, I love, well, I do justly and I love mercy, but, and then be prideful. It's a requirement. These are things, all these things have to work together. You don't get to pick and choose them. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. When you do that, you're headed toward great things. James 4 and 10 says, For us to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Remember what we said, I talked about the other day, not only do we manifest to the world, but we are manifest 
The scripture says we are manifest to God or made obvious to God. Let God see you being humble. He needs, when he looks at you, he needs to see humility. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. A scripture that we love to quote and, and man, we'll preach it and uh, to, to talk about the revival that will come and things like that is Second Chronicles 7 and 14. But look what the very first thing that God asked for in this uh, verse of scripture before anything great that we talk about starts happening. If my people, I ain't not talking about those outside of my, out of my bride, out of my church. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, once we're born again and grafted in and we're, we're part of the body, we're called by his name. He said, if they shall humble themselves, first off, don't try to pray without humility. Don't try to seek God without humility. And let me tell you, without humility, you won't pray, you won't seek God, and you won't stop doing wicked things. All those things come with pride. But he said, if they will humble themselves, very first thing, got to humble themselves and pray, talk to me, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. He's not going to... Forgive anybody that's prideful. Just saying, I want you to forgive me because you're God. You've forgiven everybody else and you forgive me. You don't approach God like that. He'll walk in saying, hey, your word says that you love everybody and you show mercy on everybody, so show me some mercy. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not not it. That's just somebody that wants to go to heaven, don't want to change. Thanks. That's the kind of attitude in this world. They think everybody owes them something. God don't owe me nothing. We cannot approach God with pride in our hearts and expect to be heard, justified, or see results. I'll say it again. We cannot approach God with pride in our heart and expect to be heard, justified, or see results. And there's another parable, uh, almost... Identical, well, the, actually the thought of it is identical. It's just a different setting where God shows humility and how it works. I didn't give you this scripture, brother, so don't worry about it. Uh, in Luke 18 and 9, says he spake a parable. Unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. In other words, people who are comparing themselves. Remember how we talked about pride will cause you to start comparing yourselves. They compared themselves to others and they said, we're righteous and they're not. said, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men or as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican comparing himself to his, the man in the church with him. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. I, 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 I. And the publican, standing far off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Lord said, I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. 
and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. So there's another uh, way of looking. You'll never be able to reach people. Pride will stop you from praying with others. Pride will stop you. You know, he, he looked at him and said, I'm glad I'm not like that. Except for the grace of God, that would be us. Whenever we uh, are humble, God's able to give us grace. And whenever we're humble, we can see where God brought us from and realize it doesn't matter what they look like, what they smell like, what they've done. That God loves them and I should love them too. And their stories should move our heart and, and their repentance should touch our lives. And their, uh, when, you know, sure, I, I, if I come in and I'm like, man, it's been a good week, I'm there for God, and I see somebody else crying and my, you know, oh, great. There they go again. Oh, great. What'd they do this weekend? You know, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, don't ever start thinking, I'm glad I don't have to do that every week. You know what? Yeah, be, well, be glad you don't have to, but that's the, but don't be, flaunting it around like it because you're walking on water and they can't. You've got to be humble. Humble. Humility, I believe, will go hand in hand with being spiritual. But how can we help our brother and help him to overcome? If we see him overcoming a fall, how can we restore him if we can't even approach him because our pride is separating us from him? We've got to have humility understand yes it can be frustrating sometimes to watch people make the same mistakes over and over but realize that hey it's going to catch one time sooner or later it's going to catch sooner or later it's going to happen you know God didn't put a a number of times that they can pray and that's it you know so be humble love them keep them coming don't push them away with your pride I want people to be saved. In 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6, he said this. Peter knew what it was to be, be humbled. He said, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. That's uh, something that young people need to learn. Uh, when we're young sometimes, we think we know it all. I did. You did too. We, th- we think we know, we, we think that we don't, we get to the stage where we think we don't have to listen anymore because I'm grown now. I can do this. You know. But he said, look here, younger people, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yes. And yea, all of you be subject one to another. That means you ought to look at each other the same. Amen. Nobody is greater. Nobody, I know there's positions and things like that and there's authority in the church. I know all that, but he said, all of you be subject one to another. The Lord has had all power, but he's the one that girded himself with a towel and washed his disciples' feet to show them this is how you ought to be one to another. Don't be trying to figure out who's the biggest among you and the greatest among you and where you're going to sit when you get to heaven. He said, be servants, serve one another. Yes. And so, and then he says this, be clothed with humility. Yes. Now, I know everybody in, in the natural has got your own style. Some people like cowboy boots. Somebody like tennis shoes. Some people wear hunting boots all the time. Some people wear dress shoes all the time. Some people like flip-flops. Some people like high heels. Some people like dark blue jeans. Some like light blue jeans, you know. Some like blue jean skirts. Some like khaki skirts, you know, whatever. You got your own style. So you, that's what you wear. But everybody 
going to have this on if you're going to be right with God. And be clothed with humility. You'll never be able to love your brother, love the saints, and love the kingdom like you ought to without humility. Be clothed with it. In other words, it ought to be something that is obvious to everyone when they see you. When they see you coming, they should humility should radiate off of you. Not that you're trying to make it. It's just because they'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. And when you're humble, people will see that. For God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And it takes grace to be saved. I don't think you can be saved without humility. I don't think you can stay saved without humility. The grace of God uh, that bringeth salvation it has appeared to all men. But that don't mean every man's accepted it. And it's by grace through faith that we are saved. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. <laughs> Let me tell you, it don't, it don't save you until you humble yourself under it and humble yourself to it. So he gives grace to the humble. And then he said, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. That's another humility sign. Oh, I don't want nobody to help me. That's pride. He said, you've got to learn to cast your cares on him. You've got to learn to give it to God. You've got to learn to trust Him. You've got to learn to humble yourself under the hand of God. In verse 4 of our opening text, brother, if you could pull that up at, uh, from Matthew 18 and 4. I believe that's what it was. He says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same as grace in the kingdom of heaven. So whoever will humble himself, the same is the greatest. If you want to be great for God, you're going to have to have humility. You're going to have to have humbleness. You're going to have to humble yourself as a child. You're going to have to be born again to even get into the kingdom of heaven. See the kingdom of God. You've got to be born of water, born of spirit. Jesus said that. We know that. But he said, here, here's, here it is. And when Jesus says, Here's the greatest. He's saying that everyone in heaven is the greatest because they didn't get there without humility. They're all the same. They're all the greatest. It's just like when you got you got two kids and and you know you you, you can't be say oh you're greater than this one. You know, oh, who's who's your favorite kids? Both of you are. You're both the greatest kids to me. Now I know I'm the favorite in my family, but. <laughs> Oh, look out, pride. But, no, but a, a, a parent, you know, you, you know that's how it is. It's, uh, your kids, they're different. They're different ages. Uh, you know, they got, maybe they, they do different things. You know, you, you got one that's a musician. You got one that's a, a ball player. You know, you got uh, things like that going. And, and so they do different things. But to you, they're both the greatest. Your, all your kids are the greatest kids ever. That's just how it is. And so... That's what God says. He said, all my people that make it into the kingdom, they're all the greatest. And so the greatest in heaven will be this, will be the one that humbles himself like a child. And so 
I'd say, well, Lord, I humbled myself as a child. And, and this one will say, well, I humbled myself as a child. You're both the greatest. And a number that no man could number us all raises their hands and says, we all humbled ourselves as a child. You're all the greatest. You make it to heaven, you're part of the greatest. You know, when he said they all that run, run in a race run all, but one receives the prize, it don't mean one person. When he's talking about, now we know in a natural race that happens, but in this spiritual race, he said there's a body of people. There's one people that receiveth the prize. And that's the ones that have followed the word of God and obeyed the plan of salvation. We know that live according to God's word. One receives the prize. Once they get there, they all get the prize. That's why Paul said there's a crown of life laid up for me, and not for me only, but to all them that love his appearing. It ain't just for me only. I, well, man, Paul, writing all them books and letters, shipwrecked, shaking snakes off in the fire, left for dead, stoned, y'all just, and I ain't no telling what his crown looks like. Look just like yours when you get there. Well, I bet his robe really be white. Won't be no whiter than yours is. Because we're all, he had to humble himself so that God could use him just like you had to humble yourself so he could use you. And when you get to heaven, you and Paul, hang out, man. Ain't no social status there. Well, I guess that's the, the apostle clique over there. Yeah, you know, we was just a drug addict clique, you know, over here that got saved. No. We'll all be his. And we'll all be the greatest because we'll all be in the kingdom. And uh, since, and I'll finish with this, Philippians 2, 5 through 9. Since we're wanting to be like him so we can manifest him, this is a good scripture to read. Philippians 2, 5 through 9 says this, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant. That's humility. He knew he was God manifest in the flesh. He knew what he could do, but he didn't take that. You know, one place they wanted to grab him, they was going to try to make him a king and do stuff, and he had to disappear out of the crowd. He had to get away from them because he knew, I that's not what I'm here for. I can't let them do this. I can't. And so, though he was in the form of God, he didn't think it robbery to be equal with God. He knew who he was, but he made himself of no reputation. He said, I just am who I am. Who are you? The same that I said from the beginning. He didn't, uh, you know, call fire down and lightning down and say, I'm king. He, he didn't say, he just, he let the people, he said, who do men say that I am? And so then he said, And being found in fashion as a man, the God of creation, the Savior, where he humbles himself. He comes and humbles himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And then this is what happens after humility. Wherefore, God is also highly exalted. When you're humble, you can count on being exalted. That's how you, how you get a great name in this world, humility. If I ever heard anybody say anything about my pastor, it was always, that was 
the most humble man I have ever met. Always. That was that always. If you talk to him any length of time, it was always he was the most humble man I ever met. He was. And that's why I can I've been in several states around this country and mentioned where I'm from and tell them who my pastor was. I knew him. You know, he didn't set out to make a name for himself across the country. He just served the Lord and was humble. And so if Jesus humbled himself, came obedient to the death, even the death of the cross, he said, we've got to take a cross up daily. You can't pick up the cross through pride. You can only pick it up through humility. Pride is weak when it meets the cross. But the humility is the strength to endure the cross and be obedient to the cross. You'll never be able to, you won't go snatch your cross up and say, watch me out, watch what I'll do. You'll take that cross up in humility and in obedience. And so that we'll never be more like Jesus than when we become humble and obedient to carrying our cross. Never underestimate the power of humility. Because Jesus said of himself, I am meek and lowly or humble. He also said, The meek shall inherit the earth. not going to be these uh, prideful and people that think they're all this and that. He said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly. But then he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Power and humility. We need people today to learn how to be humble. Because humility will keep you from losing your temper. Say so you wouldn't get angry when you're humble. I said it'll keep you from losing your temper, from showing out and doing things. And this world today is doing nothing more but trying to provoke us. Everything they do is against us, against what we believe. And they want to provoke a reaction for us to lose our temper, to get angry. But the Bible says that a soft answer turneth away wrath. And so when we can learn to just speak softly, Speak to this world in love and be humble. Don't ever be ashamed of being humble. Don't ever be embarrassed to be humble. Don't think you've got to tell somebody and throw your two cents in all the time. Just be humble. That's how you're going to go up. They, the prideful are going to go down, 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 down. And the humble are going to go up, 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 up. I'd rather be humble and be like Jesus. Let's stand together tonight. Lift our hands to the Lord and pray. You know, David would pray, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. So Lord, tonight create a spirit in us that will cause us to humble ourselves. I'd rather humble myself. I don't want God to humble me. I don't want God to have to take things from me and knock me down to get me where I... Lord, right now, I would rather just humble myself. So pray and ask the Lord tonight. Lord, here I am, and I humble myself before you. Help me to keep humility in my life. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. We thank you for the promise that comes with humility. We thank you, Lord, that we can bow ourselves before you and be as you are. We carry this cross, Lord walk in humility that 
we're going to great places. Thank you for it, God. Help us to stay away from pride and keep pride out of our hearts and out of our minds and and off of our lips, Lord. But let us love each other, not compare ourselves to one another. Lord, be ready to help one another, pray with one another. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for what you did. The cross, the most powerful act performed on this planet. But you went and gave your body on that cross. You did it through humility. Thank you for it, Lord. I pray that our sacrifice, as we carry our cross in humility, that it will touch somebody's life as well. Lord, we ask you to bless and touch all these precious people in this building tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thankful for his word. You know, a lot of times when people say, I want to be just like Jesus, all they think about is I want to walk on water and, and, and you know, heal the sick. There's a lot of people, he said, be false people in that, in that day will be doing miracles and stuff. You want to be like Jesus, you got to learn all about him. And humility is a good place to start. That's when you're going places. Thank you for being in service tonight. Uh, Lord willing, we'll see you on Sunday, 11 o'clock. Get ready for Sunday school. It's going to be a great lesson in 12 o'clock worship. Invite somebody to church. Tell them, I know where there's a place for you place that you can be restored. God bless you in Jesus' name.